Welcome everybody to True Exact Show. I'm here with Brian, Gilly, Eric, and our special guest here. We're going a little outside the room. We're taking it to Vegas. We're going with the, now correct me if I'm wrong, man, seven-time Guinness World Record holder? Yeah, that's correct. All right, all right. Two-time World Cup trick shot champion, Florian Kohler, Florian Venom Kohler. How you doing, man? I'm all right. I'm all right. How are you guys? Awesome. Uh, first, we want to thank you for joining us. We know you're busy out there. Um, hope you're staying safe during this time and uh, keeping busy. So um, what we like to do is first, before we get into your trick shots, which we definitely will because I have so many questions, I want to get a background <laughs> of you. We like to get a background of our guests. So talk about your upbringing, man. I know you grew up in France and stuff. So like how you got in the pool and everything like that. Yeah, so I started, you know, when I was 18, I, I got a pool table. I didn't really know how to play. So, you know, I looked at videos on the internet and it was just to start a YouTube. I know it's hard to believe, but that was only, you know, 12 years ago and, you know, it's the beginning. And uh, rather than seeing a lot of tutorials and stuff like you see nowadays, it was mainly like a few short trick shot videos because nobody had a good internet, right? So I started doing whatever I was seeing on there. And after a couple years, maybe less, I realized I knew all the trick shots they're doing the last 60 years. So from there, I basically started my own version of it. And I, you know, I got lucky. I, you know, I got a few videos get viral. And uh, here, here I am today, pretty much. So pure product of the internet, really. Now, with pool out in France, was it like a popular thing to do? No, not at all. It's kind of like a small little thing. I mean, like, not even bars have really pool tables anymore. So it's very... Uh, it's a very niche thing, right? I mean, on the west side of France, a little bit, and on in the, in the German side, which I am, it's not too bad as well, but it's still very little compared to the U.S., so. Oh, that's so weird to think that YouTube started only 12 years ago. It's, like, mind-boggling. Well, I mean, think about it. It's not, yeah, you're right. Yeah, so when you said you didn't get a pool table until you're 18. Now, like, that's such a late, for me, like, that's something to pick up so late in life, it feels. So, like, a lot of great pool players or musicians with instruments start when they're four or five years old. Ice skaters step on the ice at three. Like, how did you just pick up a pool stick and get good at it? I don't know. I guess it's just, uh, just meant to be sometimes, you know what I mean? But it, it, trick shot's a little different, too, because it's not just about the abilities by itself. It's also the creativity of it. And there's no real shortcut or, like secret behind it right it's mainly just you got you know it's sort of like an, an art a little bit so the creativity part i don't think it matters you know how old you are you just actually it's probably better for me because i didn't have the preconceived background or idea that a normal pool player would have because if you have all those notions they're preconceived somebody's put you in your head you know and your limits are already set mine's were never set so i could just go and that's what happened i just went all over the place so now, were you embarrassing people at, like, places? Like, you would just go there and hustle them or, or anything? Actually, you see, the funny thing is, so I learned trick shots, and I didn't know how to play pool till much later, actually. Wow. I didn't like to play real pool when I started to do shows, and then after the end of the show, people wanted, play, wanted me to play pool. I'm like, I can't really play pool. <laughs> so a couple, uh, couple years later, then I decided, you know, I got to take this seriously, and then I went to Germany, and every weekend I got my ass kicked by uh, – one of the one of the greats out there, and I uh, just rocked and rocked and rocked until you know six months later I got bored of it. So then I started to you know run table, and that was it. Then I learned how to play pool as well. So, so the hustling part is uh, is a little bit later. <laughs> <laughs> That's really cool. I, I I'll, I'll pass it around right now before I get another second. I kind of I, I kind of had a theory because we were talking about it before, and I was like, you know how how does someone actually get good at doing the trick shots? You got to have some sort of natural ability 
were you were you good at math in school? No, nah, I mean I was okay. I mean I I never was bad at school, nothing like that. But I would say like you know anything special. So because the only reason I asked creativity though I was you know this to creativity more than anything. Yeah, the only reason I asked is because like you figure with pool shots, it's about speed, velocity, uh, putting spin on the ball, angles, things like that. So it's like all calculations pretty much. Like, and you're you're doing that in real time, kind of, you know. I say yeah, but it's still natural, so it's more instinctive than anything. So yeah, yeah you see, spacious, uh, you know, space-wise, I do got to say this is it's hard to explain to some people I teach sometimes on how to see the table. Like I see the table in a certain way. Yeah. I don't people see it. I see zones, I see triangles, I see probabilities and stuff like that. But I can't really explain it. You know what I mean? It's just there. And it's always been there. So it's uh, the chess pieces on the ceiling. <laughs> not quite like that, but there's sort of a true, true thing to it. Like you do see diagrams that don't exist uh, to an extent. So, yeah, you got to visualize it. If you don't visualize it, you're, yeah, you're dead. So, so, so it kind of slows down to you. Like the game, like a little bit. You're down. right. Yeah. That's, uh, actually, that's yeah. That's the best I would put it is this way. Yeah, that's real cool, man. Yeah, so it's kind of you can't even tell. Go on, Eric. Sorry. Uh, I'm what you would consider a choke artist. <laughs> so I'm watching your video of you trying to break these Guinness World Records. How do you get in the zone? Because if that was me. I could be by myself and killing it. And then once somebody's like, "Go," I would not get one. So what do you do? Like, how do you get in the zone to do something like that? It looks exhausting. Uh, well, I mean, if I do practice for like world championships, stuff like that, everything I do, I always got to excel by 20, 30% more than I, than I would usually do. Like let's say if I'm, you know, taking a score and if I'm a score 100 in the competition, I got to score 130 plus, you know what I mean, in practice. So it's got to be perfection because you know you're going to lose some of it during the life. Very rarely you're going to play just as good or as better in, in a live setting because yeah. you just control all the things. But then live never bothered me either. Like, it just it's just what it is. Like, once you're there, you're there, you can't come back here alone anyway, so you're kind of screwed. So, you know, it's up to you no matter what, so you might as well make the best of it. Yeah, that's that's interesting how it's like you could triple the, the world record by yourself, but just because that lady's not standing there with her notebook, it doesn't count. That must be yeah. frustrating in its own, you know? <laughs> no, not really. I mean, actually, it's part of the game, you know? I think it's yeah. great. And you got to have some sort of legitimacy because everybody can break a record. No, yeah. no. You could practice for months and just try, you know, day after day after day till you get lucky. At some point, you're lucky. Does it really matter? Not, not quite, because you can't do it, you know, in, in a matter of minutes or seconds. So, yeah, you know, story to me. Is there one record that you're really proud of that would kind of crush you if it got broken? Uh, yeah, when the start of the pandemic, you know, it was I decided to go on a 24-hour rampage on trick shots. And <laughs> I have the Guinness Book for the most trick shots made in 24 hours, and that's 753, something like that. So it's pretty tough, and I don't look forward to make it every day, you know what I mean? So I would, that would piss me off. I'd have to do it again. I'm sure, I'm sure your family, if that got broken, you'd wake up and be like, hon, I have to do it again. No, come yeah. on. Probably, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, the thing is, the success was so high, the rate, so it's going to be very tough for anybody taking it because – not only they got to last the time, but they also got to play real well. So this right. was tough to beat, I think, for people. So, so you set up all the trick shots that you were going to do beforehand, like you had an order that you did, or you just random freestyle? Well, actually, we have a, a world championship system, basically, when it's always the same shot, I think it's 120 shots. 
and it's always the same shot. They have diagrams and everything. And the, obviously, you know, the Guinness World Record had to define what a trick shot was. So they used this. So it's not even my shot. It was just a random program that the World Association have, and that's pretty much it. So if it was my shot, it would be way, way higher number. <laughs> I'm going to do the comparison again later on, but, like, it always – it always reminds me of like magicians, how they create tricks, you know? So do you have any that you've created and do you have to run them through a system to get approved if you create one? Well, I mean, I invented so many shots. I think over the years, about 10,000 were mine. Hmm. Now they're everywhere. Uh, some of them are one-time use. You just put in the video and it looks good. And it's about it. Sometimes you put in the video, it doesn't look good. And sometimes, rarely, they're good enough to be live because live, you got to make it in three try stops, you know, five maybe maximum. So and that's the hard part is to incorporate new ones that are hard enough and good looking enough. So Do you understand how humble you are as a person? If I created 10,000 trick shots, I would never let my friends hear the end of it. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I would sign every email 10,000 trick shots. That's what, that's what I would If I ever break a Guinness World Record, I'm going to wear it as a necklace around. So. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, they're actually everywhere in my house. I don't even know what to do anymore with it. So, <laughs> yeah, if somebody mind. breaks the record, do you have to give those back? I would not. <laughs> I would no, not you give keep them it. Back. You keep the you keep the thing. You just gotta you know. But if you rebreak it again, you get a second one. So that's why you nice. start. To, so start to go back and forth. And I, I could see him putting like a fake mustache on and beating his own and just going back. <laughs> <laughs> so, I want to go back to your upbringing, though. Being, like I said, 18, that's a little late to get into something. Were you, like, aspiring to do anything else at that age? Because, like, that's, like, a senior in high school and whatnot. Well, I, not, not really. I was uh, studying to be a, you know, doctor type stuff. And uh, so it was pretty good at school, but, like, nothing. It just it wasn't really my thing. I just did it because I wanted to make money. So that was it. <laughs> so then I missed uh, cert, the, the big thing because we have a big uh, – I would say that a big uh, contest, not a contest, a uh, big test in France, you know, after the first two years. And depending on where you land, you're going to end up in a certain jobs, right? So I, I ended up being an optometrist, which honestly, when I started to work, was boring. So, but that was, um, yeah, that was basically what I was planning to do it. And, you know, after a while, I just got so good at the trick shots, starting to go traveling, had shows here and there. And I realized I was making just as much money doing something I liked and something I, you know, I didn't really like. So then I took a game ball and, uh, you know, I moved to the U.S. Like not much, maybe a thousand bucks on my account. And I just figured, told my parents, says, you know, let me, let me go. If I survive for six months, let me, you know, leave me alone. And if not, then I'll come back. I'll do whatever I'm supposed to do anyway. So Now, obviously, we've, we grew up in the U.S. We're from New Jersey on the East Coast. So we just, I love to ask, what was it like coming here from France? Was it like a culture shock? Were you intimidated? Nothing? No, I always loved the U.S. The only thing that I uh, did sort of wrong, I guess, is everybody, you know, we're so used to the Hollywood movie that you move to L.A., right? L.A. is a dump. So it's, uh, you know, it's just, uh, it didn't last very long there. That's why I moved to Vegas. Vegas is a whole different thing, but probably one of my favorite cities in the world anyway. Not right now, obviously, but, you know, it used to be. So when, so. You, went, when you went out there, though, with everything going on with, like, gambling and other vices, <laughs> were you, like, I mean, like, uh, like, oh, shit, what's going on? How am I going to focus on my career here? No, not really. No, that was the whole That was the whole thing was to be able to do, you know, cheap shows all around the country, traveling a little around, some lessons, some trying to win some tournaments here and there, a little gambling until you get a gun pulled on you, then it, you stop usually, you know. So, <laughs> Did that happen to you? Yeah, pretty much, yeah, yeah. 
Can you delve into that or no? It's up to you. I mean, it's just, you know, you go in pretty crappy places, you know, dive bars when it's very, you know, uh, very unsafe, I'd say. And then you go, you play a guy and you can't play anyway. So you beat him one time. Then you beat his, I think this, this, that time I beat the guy uh, one-handed after the second set and he just <laughs> anymore, you know, he was just, he's just so mad. He's humiliating his own home bar and, you know, it's, I'm going to freaking kill you and all that stuff. And I'm like, okay, whatever. You told you really, the next time I see you with a gun to my head. Yeah. <laughs> Can you imagine? It's like, he beat me one-handed. I'm going to go spend the rest of my life in prison. <laughs> but the thing is, you know, it's, it's pool on a small table, the seven-foot bar box. Um, you know, it, it doesn't really matter if I get two hands or one hand. You know, it's not, it's not as easy. But, I mean, if anybody's, you know, good enough, then they'll, it won't matter. So. Now we used. To, I know um, Gilson up here used to watch trick shots on ESPN. Like that was one of the things. You know, billiards themselves like wasn't that exciting. But when the trick shots were on, you kept them on because it was just like shit. I can't do this. Was there anyone like growing up you looked up to? Were there anyone in the past that you like idolized doing it or no? Well, not really because, like I said, I came you know late to it, so not like a hero or anything like that, but in that, you know, obviously the more you know I understood the game, yeah, I was looking up to Mike Massey and those guys. But you know, unfortunately I came a little too late to the scene and those guys destroyed themselves on TV. So, you know, I didn't have much to come back to. I mean I remember when uh, Mike Massey was his prime, he was probably winning like forty grand on ESPN when I won it's that same exact tournament it was like seven thousand. So you know difference already. But Problem is, it was such a little niche sport that, you know, the few people in control kind of tried to keep winning, even though they didn't have necessarily the ability or the talent or the creativity, and they just kind of bring everything down and got rid of all the people that are actually making the sport interesting and entertaining, and that's why we lost it, kind of, you know. Wow, they, so the older people kind of, like, shun the younger dudes from coming in? Not really the, well, sort of, but it wasn't really the older one. The old timers, I'd say, like, they're pretty legendary on their own. Like, they were fine. They understood what it was. But then a mid-generation kind of came in and just wanted to win. So they come up with, like, some little, you know, crappy little uh, prop shots, how we call it, was using cones and rubber balls and all that kind of stuff. And it just kind of went so far away from the essence of trick shots. And then because they wanted to win, that they got rid of all the old timers. It's, oh, they're not good enough anymore. Then a newcomer, I mean... I remember the first time I played in it. I mean, you got to think of, uh, I was, what, 20, 21, I think, in Vegas. Could barely have a drink, right? Mm-hmm. And I come, I got no clue. I'm just going to go play. So I have my shots. I have, you know, you have to have a diagram and description. I've got, like, two lines, and that's it. You know, just a shot, the diagram, thinking, you know, you see a diagram, I'm just going to do it, right? Then I see those guys, they come in, they have diagrams, you know, that big. You probably need an English degree just to read what they're trying to explain, Right. And then they screwed me on everything, like the way you hit the shots. And I mean, it was just, it was just so bad that even, even looked bad on TV. And uh, at that point, I realized I just got to, you know, basically crush those guys. <laughs> so good. Wow. No respect for Mike Massey. I'm done with him. He was my guy growing up. And I no, was Mike was a great guy. No, Mike's a great guy. Unfortunately, he was one of the guys that took out. Oh, okay. I was going to ask if you were going to call him out on the show tonight and, and take the belt from him. <laughs> Well, Mike and I, we played a few times, but unfortunately, I never got to play him at his prime because that would have been interesting. So, you know, I'm basically the guy who was won against him, but, you know, it, it would have been nice to see me in his prime more than... But yeah, unfortunately, it took a guy like Mike, they took him out of the, out of the you know, TV stuff because he was too good. He kept winning. So, 
and the same to me. But that's it. Now there's nothing left. So well, that that's what's cool though. Like, so you you got taken out because like you're too good, but you got your own sponsorship, and you're like doing it yourself. Like, how did that? Pretty much, yeah. Sponsorship. What's that? How did that come about? Where like people started noticing you getting sponsorships and stuff like that. Well, it, it's just a natural thing, you know, on, on the internet, you just got to have presence and marketing and it's just, it's about marketing yourself and trick shots always been an entertainment. It, it's, yeah. you know, much as competition is okay. It's never meant to be a competition. It's meant to, you know, go out there. And if you do and you entertain the crowd, like a magician, then you just, you know, you're paid to do. And that's what's supposed to be. Right. The competition has been kind of a, you know, an ugly aspect of it just because you needed to have a, somebody called better enough, but you know, there's so many people that they're terrible entertainer, but they're, you know, great shots or great skillful. But, you know, then the reverse is also true. Sometimes they're, you know, great entertainer, but they can't really do much as far as skill goes. And I try to get, you know, just pretty much everything because like coming late from a different background, from a different country, everybody hating me. They all, you know, I had to make my proof. I had to win literally everything to get the respect of the, the peers and, you know, the pool players in general. Right. So it's kind of like a dunk contest or a three-point contest or a home run derby. You know, it's not about winning, just entertain the crowd. And I feel like I'm asking a lot of questions. So uh, if anyone else wants to jump in. <laughs> I was going to ask because like in most things, when you succeed at that level, there are uh, people that hang on and there are men that hang on, but then there's got to be a set of trick shot groupies that that followed these tournaments around did you did you have any uh level of success where you felt a little bit more famous with the, the ladies because of your success <laughs> you don't have to answer yeah, that if you're yeah. yeah but that was that was early on, on early on Maybe we have some uh, aspiring trick shotters out there that are struggling and, and they don't know that if you get out on the open market you got a whole set of uh i don't know what they call them pocket hose or whatever it is i don't know <laughs> Well, I mean, you know, you go to a show in China, I, I remember, you know, it was just uh, do a show, you got like 10, 20 emails and, you know, people asking Mary, it's crazy. Wow, wow. marriage. Yeah, it, it's, yeah, especially when you go to Chinese TVs, because it's, you know, you're not talking American numbers in terms of viewership, you're talking like hundreds of millions. And it's just ridiculous. So, yeah, when you make it out there, it's just nuts. Uh, it's like... Yeah, and the, the simple fact of being actually like European, whatever, it's just even worse. So. But that, that was interesting, you know, it was fun. It was fun while it was, so. We'll I, keep uh, it at that. He, yeah, we'll keep it anymore. Yeah. That's, like, that's like a warning. Get, re get ready for the emails, Scott. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm ready. Yeah, all the pool hose in Jersey. Are yep. you, uh, so you, you have a, a nickname, if I'm not correct, if I'm not. Yeah, uh, yeah, okay. yeah. How did you, how did you, your nickname is Venom? Yeah, because I'm a poison for the tables. Nice. Is that something that caught on or you use that to market yourself or how did that come about? A little bit of both. Uh, actually, it's my dad. They started, he says, you're freaking poison, you know, in French to, you know, <laughs> destroyed and the walls and everything else in that room was just, it, it's just bad, right? So then we just kind of use it and it's translated pretty well in English. So that, that just kind of stayed on. I think he actually sort of matched pretty well. So, but yeah, it, yeah. looking at my walls around right now, I'm not very proud. So it's kind of cool though. Cause like it's such a subtle sport and for it to be so aggressive, it kind of works like pools calm and then venom. It's It's cool. It works. I mean, I was there to break the codes anyway. You know what I mean? It's just the same as, 
take it the same as uh, when it was for BMX and, and skateboard in the 90s, basically when all these crazy people exploded, you know, and decided to go completely berserk. You know, a guy does a backflip, then a double, then a triple backflip. Sort of the same with me, you know, it's just pool's been the same thing over and over the last hundred years, they're doing the same. And you have me coming in and just going and, you know, destroying tables. But once again, it's because I didn't have this limitation in place. And I just, you know, I just think everything was possible. Now it's harder now because I think, you know, I know the limits. But right. it, I tell you one thing, it's going to be hard for another kid to actually come back now because they're going to have to break the codes again. And it's not so simple. Right. Uh, Brian, Eric, anything? Maybe, maybe you could be the one to kind of usher in the younger generations of the kids trying to come up instead of being that, like, you know how you were saying when you came in, you saw a lot of resistance. A lot of people were trying to kind of hold you back and be like, no, 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 this is our spot. You know, maybe you can kind of help to change the, the dynamic on that, you know? Well, actually, that's why I'm doing, you know, I, I love to post stuff on my Facebook page of every kid or whatever they're sending me something that's cool. I always post it. Uh, I mean, actually, I'm missing that, you know, because I think right now there's nobody that can really touch me, to be quite honest with you. Nice. I would love somebody actually come up and, like, do some really challenging stuff because that would motivate me again because it's really hard to, you know, keep motivated when you, you reach basically your goals. So, and I actually am looking forward to see somebody really, you know, pushing me again. That would be nice. It's Looks like, like it's I need like, to buy yeah. a pool table then. It's <laughs> it's like it's like when Borg was too good and McEnroe came up. It's kind of like that. He, he was winning all the fucking majors in tennis, and then McEnroe came and challenged them. Well, and the thing is, you know, in tennis, all those that there's like a physical, you know, that age limit, right? Right. Ooh, my age limit is probably more in the fifties. You know, if I keep being sort of in shape, I should be fine. I'll lose probably a little speed here and there, but you can compensate with it. So there's a lot too. So I'm waiting impatiently to see somebody actually for once not copying my stuff but doing their own thing. I so love I, I love Florian. Florian's throwing shots at people. It's fucking great. Yeah. <laughs> it's not how, so how do you stay in shape? What do you do to keep yourself in shape so you're playing the best you can play? Well, I mean, I you know I try to practice obviously pool, three cushion, or or you know trick shots every other day, every day, something like that. Mm -hmm. uh, you the weather's good to go for runs, you know, every week. That's uh, about it. Other than that, you know, just got to keep your head in the game. And, uh, yeah, just try to keep in shape, basically, in practice, you know. doesn't is matter what you do. It's huge sport related. It helps. Is there any other sport that helps you out with pool? Like a ping pong or a dart, something that you could train other than pool? Well, actually, I'm a black belt in judo. I'm right. pretty good at ping pong. Wow. It's not really good, I think, but, you know. And yeah, I, I don't know. I just, uh, I was like sport really, but you know. Now, how'd you I don't get into know. judo? How? That was actually something I started when I was like, six years old. So that's something I did all before that. And I broke a little too many bowls, bones and stuff like that. So, <laughs> so that, you're, a pool play, you're a pool player who could kick someone's ass if it came down to it. I guess. I mean, you have to really look forward to it, you know. <laughs> Go on, Bryce. Sorry. I was going to ask if you thought about taking that guy down when he pulled a gun on you. I was thinking that too. A little judo something. I, this, this, you know, was martial arts. They're all, they're all bullshit, you know. Like, <laughs> you know, you just got to run, you know. Sneak <laughs> catch a bullet. What, what do you think the uh, – because, like, if you look at the BMX games and, uh, you know, the snowboarding tricks and stuff, it just looks more and more insane every year. What do you think the future 
of trick shot pool looks like? You know, to someone who may not really follow it as much as, as other people, like could like what would the future what do you think it'll be like? Well, I think right now the limitations are budget-wise. You know, all those guys, they, you know, if you take the Travis Pastrana, all those people, they have, they have huge, huge, huge budget, right? They're, they're able to actually grow the sport as fast as they are because they can grow all the stuff that comes with it. You know, in my case, you know, we're, pool is kind of small. It's kind of a niche sport and uh, budgets are what they are. So as much as I want to push it, you know, it's not too more. I'm going to be able to shoot a cubo from a helicopter or something like that. You know what I mean? And I think this would be basically the next thing. I mean, we've pushed it pretty far already with our own, you know, ways. I mean, I've put the pool table in the desert. We've had dune buggies around. I mean, we did actually do something with the helicopter, you know, on the airport. But it would have to be pushed even further because I think on the pool table by itself right now, I think we're sort of a saturation a little bit. So we would need to add something, an extra element that just makes it even more exciting and you know, the outdoor element is cool, but it makes it very difficult. So a video becomes, you know, something you do in a studio in two days would take you a week outside uh, because, because the light, because this, because that. So that just becomes, you know, five times more expensive. And that's... Awesome. I got your perfect next scenario. All right. You get a big, like, 100-gallon, like, pool, right? Get a great white shark put a glass thing over it and put the pool table right on top. If you miss the shot, you drop into the water. Oh God. That doesn't sound good. He's like, no. Thing look, no that great shark suit guy. It probably won't work. <laughs> so, but don't worry. You, we got, we got a guy who makes shark armor. So yeah, yeah. you spend you, that right, you'll be fine. Are you worried though with like the expanding of it? Like if they, it might become like too, like you put your life into this, like this is something that means a lot to you. And let's say with music, like now, whether you make like rock or rap, some of it's a gimmick. Are you worried that people might take the trick shots to a level where it just becomes kind of a gimmick? Well, it's already kind of the case. I mean, we got a few people, you know, they get here and there sort of viral as well. And I'm looking at the shots. I'm like, man, I was doing that 10 years ago. And then, <laughs> do you do comments yeah, on the YouTube video of that? Dude, I could do it in my sleep or one-handed. It's out of this. But. Is it from 2010? <laughs> do, you, do you ever address it? Do you ever, like, confront the people? Like, or you kind of just lay low and let them do their thing? No, not really. I, I lay low because, you know, you're not here to, like, destroy. I mean, I think it's everything right. that helps, helps the game, right? The only thing that really does bother me is when somebody claims my shots as their invention. Mm. But what are you going to do? You know, you're not going to be able to copyright 10,000 shots. I mean, who cares anyway? And then from there, there's so many little variations that you could come up with by adding a ball, removing a ball. So it's just what it is. You know, it's part of the game. So, but... Happy for the contribution as long as I can make a living with it. It's so fine to me. So Now, what's the proudest shot you have, the record you hold? I know you did the 24-hour thing, but, like, one that you really did not think you could pull off, and it just took, like, hours of practice, and you did it. It's – I don't know. I got a few shots. They're really nuts, I'd say. And they usually involve some sort of third dimension that's not on the pool table. So I don't know if you guys are familiar with the Dude Perfect videos, but in the yeah, yeah, second yeah. – I, uh, there's a, a pool table on a second floor type thing. I shoot a cue ball in the air. Then I shoot it off the air. It goes down. And then he probably, you know, I don't know how many feet he rolls out. Probably like, uh, I don't know, 60, 70 feet into a, a little golf hole, right? And that took probably two hours to just trying and trying. And it's just, you got to be so close every time to get lucky, right? Because it's just to get. But 
the skill part is try to be as accurate as possible to make it as many times close to the zone and then you got to get lucky. So that, that just could have never happened, but it did happen. So that's pretty cool and nobody's ever going to do it again. So. And is there one that you're working on now that you like, you want to do or uh, you, you can't master that you've been trying for a while? Not, not really. I mean, they just kind of come in. They, I mean, I always have a book that I've got some shot there gonna work or not gonna work but you know right now my main idea i guess would be whenever the world goes back to normal to try to um to do some snooker trick shots maybe but you know obviously you got to travel and find tables and all that stuff so it's a little complicated right now what have you been doing during this time like uh have have you been able to have any uh tournaments without fans or anything like that no, we don't have uh, we don't have any stuff like that. I mean, my main uh, business is basically doing shows, so you need people for that. You need you know venues. So right now, this has been a little tough. Lucky enough, I have another uh, business. On my, I own a pool league in, in Las Vegas. Uh, we have about seven hundred players. They play every week. So as long as this, you know, it keeps me pretty busy. I tell you that. <laughs> yeah. And then all the social media posting, the videos and stuff like that. So yeah, it's uh, every day twelve hours worked every day. So. You might know this. You might know this. Like, has Olympic has the Olympic Committee ever reached out for pool to become an Olympic sport? I was part of that actually. Uh, was the last year, two years ago? Uh, it was Paris twenty four campaign. I even did a show in the Eiffel Tower, and there was like a bunch of the big, you know, the big names, like all the newspaper. Um, so we had a great candidacy actually. That I've seen the file, you know, and that was a massive file, and all the industry actually worked together for once. But it uh, comes down to money, you know, and uh, what happened in our case is uh, Red Bull was pushing really hard for breakdance, and I think it was rock climbing or something like that, and they just have the money, and the CI, you know, the Olympic Committee just went for whoever the money is, and instead of pool, which is a century-old sport, they went for breakdance in the Olympics, which makes no sense. When they're so weird. Too, like it would, they didn't even care because, they, you know, they're more about freedom and stuff like that. I didn't even want to be like in a sport like that, but yeah, it comes down to uh, big business and big money. So it's actually twice I've got a sort of a bad interaction with uh, Red Bull and stuff like that. So, do you think it'll ever become one in the future? Maybe I, it's got all, all all the elements for it. I mean, we're right. all, all around the world. You know, we uh, actually pool is the third most played sport in the world. Uh, most people in in the world have played pool than hockey in the or U.S. football or even baseball. I mean, it's literally everywhere, right? So it's got all those elements. Uh, the only problem is there's no money at the top. And there is no, you know, no lobbying or something like that. But they were hoping that if Paris didn't work, which is the case, that LA could work in 2028, I think, because of the American roots. But I don't know if the is even going right now with everything that's going on, so. I got one last question for you, I swear to God. Now this is exclusive. The Olympics come. Who do you represent, America or France? Well, when I did the when I when we did the, the file, you know, obviously it was for France because okay. there was. Uh, but here right now it would be tough, man. It's uh, tough because yeah, whenever they have the Moscone Cup, U.S. versus Europe, I can't really root anymore for anybody. It's just uh, it's tough. Why is America hard? That'd be a hard decision. <laughs> Well, I love that country, you know, so to be honest, I, you know, I, there's a reason I left France for, and it's as much as we have some cool stuff, some of the other stuff is, I would have never been able to become what I became, you know, in, 
friends ever. So I love this country. And, you know, hopefully it stays as, you know, we, we can keep it going. That's just a little worrying in those times currently, but, you know. Yeah, is, yeah, there, yeah. is there anybody that you got to meet or, or any experience that you got to have that you just were like stunned by or something that was just very surprising to you? I've done some crazy stuff. So, <laughs> I've, uh, you know, I've done some movie uh, doubles, stunt double, Ben Steeler, stuff like that. But I think the, I've, I've uh, done a show for the president of Malta, stayed in the palace out there, which is pretty cool too. But I think the greatest one was the, I did a show for the Prince of Dubai. That was nice. So that was like a true, the true thing you see in the movie. The guy brings in you in a, in a Rolls Royce, you go in the palace, got like seven houses, one from each wife, tigers and all that stuff. That pool table in that big ass room and the, and you see all those guys, you don't really know them, right? But they're all laying on couches. They're not even sitting, sitting up or whatever. Got to do your thing. And then uh, you got to play the guy. And then they tell you, well, you know, you got to let him kind of make a few balls. Don't humiliate me, right? Oh, I was shit. like, I'm going to die if I miss it or <laughs> what? So that was a little stressful. But you know, then they decide if he likes it or not. The guy looked like he was so bored. He's seen everything in his life, you know what I mean? So it's just, uh, and then, you know, I think after that, he was like, oh, let's go see a movie. Like one in the morning, they open a movie theater for him. You know, that's true what power. What movie did you say? What movie did you say? I, I don't remember. It was just true power. You know, it's just. So if so we started is. this interview just laying on couches, just watching you, you'd be totally comfortable then. You've done that before. Probably. I mean, I'd be like, whatever, you know, I'll do it. <laughs> a movie? What Ben Stiller movie, by the way? What's that? What Ben Stiller movie? Uh, were you oh, man, I can't remember uh, what movie was that. It, was, uh, it wasn't a big one. It was just a small scene for one of his things. Uh, can't remember. It's a comedy, obviously. Uh, man, I can't remember. I'm gonna Google Ben Stiller playing. Yeah, it's movie. not even. Yeah, it's not even him. I think he was. Uh, I was doubling for somebody else, but he was the producer or something like that. So. That's cool. Cool. Uh, yeah. Brian, Eric, anything? Were you afraid if you hit too many balls that they would like hurt you? That sounds terrifying. <laughs> I can't get over that. Everyone's just laying down. I picture them smoking hookah, just petting a tiger. And you're like, yeah, that's- I mean, you know, you got to think the whole the ceremonium that comes with it is kind of crazy too, right? Because you know, you got to take your shoes off, this and that, and then you got to, you know, you, you can't do certain things. It's just part of it. But a guy is like, you know, powerful. It is just it's just so powerful that, yeah, it just. Basically, what sucks is with the snap of a finger, you could be taken out of there and killed. Pretty much, yeah, yeah. And the guy, the, the brahmin, is like, well, if he likes you, maybe we'll give you a nice gift or something. And I was like, Sh- you know, sweet. I didn't get shit. So I guess I wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Well, you right. left with your life, so you're, yeah, you're good. And you had a story to tell. All right, Florian, uh, before we let you go, we do a final segment. Um, we do a gun to your head segment. So we ask a couple questions, and you got to answer them, and you pick the best question at the end, okay? The one of your favorites. Mm-hmm. Is that is that all right? You ready for this? Sure. Yeah. All right, Eric, you go first. Would you rather get hit by a pool ball or get beat up in a swimming pool brawl? Definitely the pool ball. Got it done already, so. Okay, I wasn't gonna. I wasn't gonna ask this next one, but since you're in Vegas, would uh, you rather never make an eight ball in a pocket again, or get caught by the cops with an eight ball? <laughs> Cocaine. I definitely get caught by the cops. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. All right. 
I'll go next. All right, I went with the pool theme as well. Would you rather never scratch again or never be able to scratch an itch? Hmm. Mm. That's tough. I know. I might take the itch out there, yeah. Yeah, all right, sounds good. All right, would you rather know every magic trick ever or hold the record for every pool trick shot ever? Magic trick seems like I would make more money. Well, all right, that's fair enough. Uh, Brian, you're up. Would you rather smell like pool cleaner or be a pool boy for a week? Pool cleaner? Ah, pool boy. I don't even mind it. Yeah, why would you? All right. Would you rather be in a duel using pool cues or only be able to speak using cue cards? Hmm. Mm. Pool cues, fine. He's in a, a duel, duel to the death. I've seen it done. It hurts. Yeah. Uh, Gilly, you have any or no? No, I don't have any good ones. I was. They just told me about this before the show. I was going to say something about having felt for fingertips. So the only thing you feel is felt, but... I'm not smart enough or funny enough to come up with anything. <laughs> right. with that. Florian, what's your favorite question? We take this serious, so you got to pick a winner here. Ooh. Mm. Ah, the eight ball was funny, man. Yeah, hey, there you go, Swag. <laughs> Eric with a nice The eight ball was funny because that, that's just you know, so big there. <laughs> And, yeah, I know. You know your audience. Thank you. <laughs> hey, Florian, really quick before we let you go, where can you? Uh, where can we catch you? Plug your Instagram, your website, or anything. Uh, well, pretty much anywhere. Just uh, type Venom Trick Shots. But Facebook, I think it's at Venom Trick Shots official. Instagram at Venom Trick Shots. Uh, YouTube at Venom Trick Shots. And then uh, I think I just started a TikTok because I was forced to, and this, you know, dumb thing. But whatever, I got no choice. <laughs> Same thing, Venom Trick Shot Official, I think. And, uh, yeah. Hey, man, this is really cool. It was really different from stuff we do. Really insightful to see how cutthroat the pool industry is. <laughs> so, uh, it is. We really thank you for coming on, buddy. And, hey, Pleasure, hey, guys, if, yeah. you, if you ever come out to the East Coast to do a show, let us know. And I'm almost uh, every year on the East Coast. Where are you guys at? New Jersey. We're in Jersey because I've been everywhere. So Central. like We're like 40 minutes from New York. Okay, New York's a little rare, more rare, but I mean, New Jersey, you've been there a few times. I can't even like, try to find the names. I'm Connecticut, I've been everywhere. Must I shoot? Yeah, hey, when you come to Jersey, Atlantic uh, City to do like a pool show, let us know, man. It's actually, usually there's a thing in Atlantic City every year, so. Okay, yeah. Definitely, definitely we'll, make it down and come see it. Let us what's know. What's the usual vibe for those shows? Is it like a crazy scene? Is it very quiet, like tennis and polite and all of that, or? No, I hate that, actually, but now you already know me, so I like to make fun of people, basically, so take it like a one-man show, pool-oriented a little bit. Nice. And, and putting, you know, girls on the table, like I do in the video, we put people, right, and normal people, and make fun of guys, and then shoot a cue ball into his nuts or stuff like that, you know, <laughs> your usual, uh, but it's basically an hour, and people laugh a lot, and you don't even need to be a pool player to actually enjoy it, so. Um, Very cool. Awesome. It, I, obviously, I can adjust it to kids, no kids, but... I would say, you know, there might be some language involved and all that stuff, you know. People right. wearing wigs, fake boobs, stuff like that, you know. <laughs> it sounds like a hell of a time. I can't wait to see it. <laughs> exactly how it's fun. It really is, so. 